Since we switched to Zoom, every time I call Paul, it, it's officially, it's a meeting. It's not a one-on-one -on -one call. And I say the same stupid joke in my head, and I've never said it out loud, but his thing comes up and says, do you want to admit Paul? And every time in my set, every time in my head, I say, do I want to admit I have a problem? <laughs> like, right. You're like, yes. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> we are once again here, humbly gathered. Anyways, it's good to see you're not at a roadside diner. <laughs> I ate lunch at a Popeye's chicken yesterday, Brad, and it was fantastic. Was it? I, I, I cannot tell no. you the last time I had Popeye's. I can tell you the last time I had Bojangles when I was way down south. I've never. This is the first time ever. I've yeah, I don't Popeyes. know if I've ever had Popeye's. So, um, it, it, I believe I didn't. Uh, I guess I didn't check, but I think they only have like this kind of crispy skin, you know, like the coating thing. Which is probably not super good for me. Um, I prefer the kind of original KFC, you know, non-crispy. But it was good. It was actually <laughs> actually really good. But anyways, anything to anybody? I, today on Fast Food Daily. Yeah, Fast Food Daily. It's um, well, speaking of Fast Food Daily, my pizza over is supposed to arrive today, so it's going to be <laughs> it's going to yeah. be good. Good day until I throw yeah. my back out trying to move that thing because FedEx is not going to put it in the backyard. I know that, but <laughs> you'd be lucky if they don't just throw it from the truck as they drive by. Yeah, it's eighty pounds, so maybe then maybe they will just like open the back up and whoosh, just run out the back. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so <laughs> we did talk about this yesterday, but the Windows Twelve stuff. We got more details <laughs> about. It, shocking 0.0% of people. It's all going to be AI focused. The one, the, the one thing that I really just want to point out is yeah. that Zach was non-committal uh, if they're going to call this thing 12. And Microsoft, I've actually heard, is not fully sure yet yeah. what they're going to call it either. It's, it's, it is known as the next version of Windows. That is how they refer to it internally. But they have not, I don't, I don't know if yet they're like, this is 12. So, I, you know, we can get hung up on the name stuff. I mm -hmm. th There's good reasons to go in either direction. Yep. I think with the extended support for Windows 10, maybe it makes sense to keep the Windows 11 brand. They've already added AI functionality to Windows 11, et cetera. So I'm not, I'm not sure it matters. I mean, I a year ago, this coming January, I wrote an article called This is Windows 12, <laughs> and it was, you know, about AI. And um, so, I mean, we sort of, have had this understanding that this was coming in, in one way or another. But um, if you can get into the today's Ask Paul, uh, someone asked about um, a, co a comment that Satya Nadella made about Copilot being the new start button. You know? mm -hmm. And um, there there is a fascinating um, comparison to the language that he used in, in that quote, which occurred during the Snapdragon summit and back in late October. Yeah, remember they did the pre-recorded, you know, little conversation with him and uh, Cristiano Amon. Um and Stevie Patish, which I keep referencing, right from Build 2023. Both of them talking about how Copilot becomes the orchestrator of your application experiences. Mm -hmm. So Stevie said AI will orchestrate across multiple apps, plugins, and services, functioning like an agent. Think about it, the Windows Shell is itself an orchestrator. In mm -hmm. fact, maybe one of the most powerful orchestrators across apps, content, and the Microsoft graph, right? And 
and you get into this kind of debate, like, do you see Windows one day replacing the start button, which debuted in Windows 95, with some kind of, well, I guess with Copilot as a, a way to launch. But, but also, actually, that that's, I, I, I strongly recommend reading what I wrote in that article, not because I'm like, like super insightful or anything like that, but, but I think there's an interesting conversation to be had around, first of all, this thing today is not very powerful or interesting as a, an app orchestrator or whatever. Um, you know, Copilot uh, turned my PC into dark mode or whatever. It, it, it's kind of basic. But, you know, apps are changing really mm -hmm. dramatically. And, and if you think back to that document-centric UI that Microsoft tried in Windows 95 and then kind of stepped away from, I think they were onto something back then where the future of apps is, like, not really apps so much as it is components, like loop-type components, uh, online services, and you, basically, I, I don't know that we're going to be typing prompts or, you know, however we're going to do it, but basically prompting this OS to say, I need to do this thing. Um, I want to, I have this photo, I want to remove the background, or I want to blur the background, or I want to create a, a chart from this data, or whatever it might be, and that this thing will orchestrate whatever is needed on the system to make that thing happen, right? Today, you... Well, just use the simple one, the, the image one, you know, you would say, well, okay, I have this app called Paint or I have an app called Photoshop or whatever. So I launched Photoshop and I put the, uh, you know, the document in there. I edit it and I output it. And that's how you do that today. But that's a real manual process. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that's fascinating about this to me, and this is not in that article, is how Microsoft has kind of been working on this type of thing for a really long time. Windows Phone, remember this whole notion of a uh, a phone that puts you at the center instead of apps. It was, you know, it was kind of trying to get a, you know, get away from the app thing, even though apps were going to be on there. But instead of thinking, well, I want to share a photo, so I load Facebook or whatever, you would say, I want to show a photo, so I load the the Pictures Hub or whatever that was called, the Photos Hub or whatever, and uh, you would link that to your online accounts, and it would kind of do that thing. And um, I think AI is the the thing that may make this dream finally come true, right? Um, Windows 95 was kind of a weak, weakened version of this object-oriented thing that they wanted to do with Cairo, and the technology wasn't quite there. Copilot today is not in Windows, is not very good. It doesn't really, you could launch apps with it, I guess. I mean, you can launch apps all kinds of different ways, um, find system settings, whatever it might be. But I, I really think there's something to this. Like, I, And I don't mean like next May, June, Mm -hmm. October, we're going to have it. Like, it's not just going to arrive. It's something that happens over time. But the way, the thing I compared it to was the transition from MS-DOS to Windows did not occur overnight. For many years, people had, would boot into MS-DOS. They would run Windows when they needed that, but they would leave Windows when they needed to do certain things. And it wasn't really until Windows 95 where Windows was mature enough where they said, you know, we can just leave that thing behind. Um, and I think that's how these transitions occur. I would recommend to everybody, I've done this many times, but Go watch that Steve uh, Stevie Petitioning thing from Build 2023 again, and, and really pay attention to what he says, um, and compare it to what Sachin Nadella said at the Snapdragon. So it's fascinating. I think they've laid out what is going to happen, um, and I think that's what Zach was describing—the beginning of it, sure. right? the 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 Windows part of it, if you will. I mean, it makes I, it it incredible. makes sense. To what, as you were talking through, I was thinking like, okay, how does this manifest into something? Because to right. what you described is the manual process of using a photo, perfect example. You got to open up some app, you got to do a thing, you got to tell it to do something, and then you save it out. 
we are already in a place where you can take an app, drag it into the little text box, say, remove the background, and then it does that. We'll eventually get to the point where we'll say, okay, you drag it in there, crop out all the people in the background, remove this, tilt the sky, and save it and give me five options. And for for professionals and photo people, that's not going to be, that'll never be, I shouldn't say never, that's not the intent. But for, <laughs> but for the 98% Someday. of the people who don't know how to use Photoshop, it is yeah. the intent. Exactly. Exactly. I, hmm. there, there's a whole, I, I, I should just write this up because there's so much to it, but uh, just one area that I think is super important. Um, we spent a lot of time in the past several years debating and wondering and, and kind of freaking out over like, what's the future of apps on windows? Like what's going on with that? You know, they don't have any more native app platforms, you know, windows is this diverse ecosystem where just looking at apps, there are all kinds of different apps, right? Desktop apps, web apps, mobile apps, Linux apps. Now, you know, Android apps, you know, whatever. And that's always going to be the case, right? These things kind of coexist. Stevie Batish talked about the three kind of AI app structures, um, beside apps that are like co-pilots, Inside apps and then outside apps, which are these orchestrators, right? Which is essentially what Windows is going to become the, the orchestrative AI services and stuff. Um, these things will coexist too, you know, for a long time. There'll always be those people, especially like older people like me, who like they're used to using Microsoft Word. And I can't get off of it. And I just like, I keep using Word, right? Look, you know, Word will kind of move forward, but there are going to be these more modern tools that over time they kind of uh, take over. And um, I, I, I think that's the, I think that is the future, right? That's the, it doesn't happen, you know, you don't just switch. Those things are all commingled. When when Stevie Batish was talking about three AI app structures, he wasn't talking about this happens first, and then this happens first, and then this happens, and then we're in AI, you know, Nerdvana or something. No, these things all happen around each other. Mm-hmm. There, We will have this combination of things on our computers, along with all the stuff we have today, until they, you know, they die off over time. Um, Microsoft deprecated, just uh, the other day, I guess, uh, deprecated a, a legacy Windows speech recognition technology that debuted in Windows Vista. That's how that stuff disappears. You know, over time, no one uses it anymore, and it finally it goes away. But until then, uh, you can buy a brand new computer, and Cortana's still in there. And when you double click it, it doesn't do anything. It's Cortana is gone. You know, it's like it, the, this is what a transition's like. Um, and the AI transition is going to be very messy and complicated and big because it's you know it's a lot of stuff. But uh, I. Steve Batish again. I can't. I can't. I cannot recommend enough paying attention to what he said. It is. He is the AI Rosetta Stone. It, I've never seen a speech like this in my life. Um, he specifically called out Clipchamp, for example, an app that I coincidentally discovered met my needs over last summer because I failed so badly with uh, uh, Premiere Elements uh, because of some weird hardware issues. It doesn't really matter why. Uh, and you use this app and it's not like, it's not a next gen or you don't talk to it and it makes a video or anything like that, but it's, it's a, it's a, for what it is, a very complicated thing. It's a very simple UI that works very effectively. And it's, it's one of those interim steps toward this kind of new kind of app. You know, it's not toolbars and menus and pop-up file dialogues and stuff. It's not the old way of doing stuff. It's kind of a new way of getting a lot of um, powerful functionality in front of people that wouldn't otherwise be able to use it. And I think that's the entire point of AI, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, from a productivity perspective, it's very exciting. I'm sorry. I'm babbling. No, 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 I, it's I, good. I, this is, it, I wrote can... this really long thing yeah. and I, this, but there's so much more, you know, it contextualizes what do. the value is because it's very easy to be like, oh, 
I don't want any of this stuff. And it's fine. Like that, that's not for you. But Microsoft sees but, that this is how things are evolving and they're not going to just not do it. This is another conversation. Sorry. And I won't go on for 10 minutes about this one, but um, there is a, of course, in our space, we have the, the people and I do this too, a very knee jerk reaction to things. I had a very knee jerk reaction to the iPad because of my 10 plus years at the time or whatever it was of tablet PC experience. I was like, I've, I've seen everything there is to see in this space. Actually, as it turns out, that's not the case. Um, I think AI is going to, I think it's going to change everything for everybody. And, and again, just kind of focusing on our stuff and on windows and productivity and office and Microsoft 365, whatever. Um, I, I, this is, I think this is the biggest thing that's ever happened in computing. And to the naysayers, I would just say, look, yeah, there's a lot of hype around AI. And yes, we're going to have to deal with everyone touting AI and everything and not everything they talk about is actually AI or, or useful. Right. But that does not mean that this is not in fact the biggest thing that's ever happened in personal computing. I, 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 and if you just don't, if you just think that's hyperbole, uh, or hyperbolic in my part or whatever, that's fine. But just understand that we are about, we're on the cusp of it. We are now seeing the first steps of what I think are going to be major mm -hmm. um, productivity enhancements across the board. I just, like every tool imaginable, um, it's very exciting and it's, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around it. It's just so much. Dovetailing conveniently into all of this, uh, our great friends over at the CMA are opening up a new investigation <laughs> into Microsoft, their co-pilot relationship. And they're, they're just getting feedback, you know, they just want to understand like, you know, what is this relationship and, uh, how is Microsoft lever leveraging this to abuse the market? And so, yeah, they've opened that up. Yep. So you're, you're referring specifically to uh, Microsoft's weird partnership with OpenAI and whether this constitutes some sort of an antitrust. That's what the CMA is looking at. Violation or whatever. And by the way, I think they I do think people should look at this stuff. Um, you know, you can meet the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. And I guess in this case, for example, there is not a regulatory body on earth that would allow Microsoft to acquire OpenAI. Right. So... This, and there's weirdness with OpenAI's governance structure and all that kind of stuff. We all know that. But they have found a way <laughs> to, to have all of the benefits of doing that thing that no one would let them do. And, yes, so they have skirted around. Is, is this a loophole? Is it a just a, a – no one would have ever foreseen this. So how could we have, pre, you know, prevented it? Um, it's worth looking at. I Yeah. It absolutely is. I would just say Google's got all the big stuff happening. Amazon's got all their big stuff happening. And then there's that million other, you know, smaller companies. Mm -hmm. um, so it's sort of like the Activision Blizzard thing. Do you prevent Microsoft from competing effectively? Or do you just allow them to compete effectively? It's a tough one because you have to get into some time machine stuff here and say, and say well, what, what well, are the future abuses? There's know? another side to this, <clears throat> too. It mm -hmm. will shock 0% of zero people. Let's 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 go the nuclear solution and the CMA says nope you have to break this up the FTC like everybody says you have to end this relationship. Let's I'm not saying that's going to happen. Let's pretend it does. Yeah, but, yeah, we will find yeah. out and we already know this. Microsoft is working on their own internal AI stack that is completely separate from what OpenAI is doing. They would be dumb not to be doing this and at some point it may be looked back on like this was just a bridge to buy them time to be able to get there because let's say the cma does say you've got to break this off that yep. that decision with all the court battles would be years literal years away 
And it's, it would give them, yeah, they would have the time. They, right yeah. now, Microsoft yeah. is not dumb to this, that they could be in yep. a weird position. So they've got to be doing stuff internally to try to supplement. I mean, first of all, Microsoft has been working on AI uh, separately from OpenAI for many years. So there's that. You could go back to the original, what was it, February Bing AI mm -hmm. uh, introduction. Yusuf Mehdi specifically used the word proprietary, the, the list of the things they were adding on top of what OpenAI was doing. So in other words, what they're saying is we're not repackaging this thing and just giving it to you. We're doing our own stuff on top of it. Um, Microsoft might argue that their own stuff on top of it is the secret sauce that makes what they do so powerful because, I mean, look what they've done since. Like, like uh, you know, OpenAI without the Microsoft graph, not interesting to businesses in the slightest, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, maybe not in the slightest, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Microsoft has this, this uh, huge set of assets internally that are so important to its customers um, that... Look, losing a, a open AI right now might be a problem. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Given the amount of time this would take. Yeah. They're going to be, yeah, they're going to be fine. They'll be all right. Anyways, it's a Friday podcast. You are in Boston, right? Yeah. Yeah. Boston area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how long are you going to be there? You'll be back Monday or? Yeah. Yeah. We drive home on Sunday morning. We're, we're here. For, the friend is having a big. Oh, that's uh, right. Get that's together. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll see my mom. Oh, very nice of you. <laughs> well, well, I'm here. You enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll see you back in... Enjoy uh, your pizza, Robin. I expect to see uh, some social media action on there. The problem is it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Dude, but I've, I've already made dough, so not that anybody's going to care about it. I got way deep... Like, talk about going, like, some people go down, like, a World War II rabbit hole, like, in the evening. I went down this deep rabbit hole, like, two nights ago on flour. <laughs> Like literal flour and like uh, the different types uh, and how you're supposed to use it for different things, the healthier versions, the unhealthier versions, like how, how you can how you can make better pizzas, worse pizzas, and other things. I, I should I should hook you up with my friend. My, my friend one of uh, a guy I saw last night, we'll see again. Actually ten AM yeah. tomorrow night, uh was one of those two I have with friends with a pizza oven and he is way into this stuff. Um I'm sure he has a very opinionated Oh, yeah. No, no. This is like the old iOS yeah. versus Android days, like which flower you should use and how much and the percentages and the it's I'm not that crazy. I just want to find a good like yeah, New well, York style. Yeah, then Brad, I'll find a Neapolitan. Yet, and so. I don't know. I have faith in you. I think you can be that crazy. I, yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> subtle jabs hurt the most. <laughs> no, I think it's a strength.